until we meet. I will not lost after any order, but you will be the shining light before my face till the end. My commitment, my loyalty is to you only. Make it a prayer of commitment this moment in the name of Jesus. Till the end. I know it is tough now, but till the end, I make a commitment to only look upon the light of thy countenance. Till the end. Till we meet. Oh my God. You will always shine before my face. Only you are God. Till the end. Only you. Till we meet. It's only you. Only you. that you make supplies of your grace sufficient for us to keep this pledge that we have sung in our song that till the end till we meet our heart will not depart our heart will not lost after vanity 
we will not swear deceitfully. In the name of precious Jesus. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Now, don't be quick to sit. What's your name? How many of you felt that he was in the spirit? Please salute him. Meanwhile, what's your name? What's your name? Maxwell. Maxwell. Please salute Maxwell. You can take your seat. God bless you in Jesus' mighty name. So we have been uh, dealing with a few scriptures uh, since we began on Monday. And uh, we had cause to look deeply at the book of uh, John chapter 15, verse number 2. And we identified how that the keeper of the vineyard is so sensitive to fruit and when he comes he doesn't necessarily look at the color of the leaves or how leafy the plant is he goes straight for fruit and that means that he has adequately made provision to ensure that every believer is fruitful and so when he shows up he faces such a desperate kind of disappointment when he doesn't find fruit. And this desperate disappointment can lead him to taking drastic decisions about uh, us. Amen. Why cumbered it, the ground? Yeah, so we stopped at verse 2. Every branch in me that beareth not, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it. We saw that the Greek word for purge is kataros, which means clean. So there's a dimension of cleansing that is needed for more fruitfulness. Hallelujah. And he doesn't perform, he doesn't perform the additional service of cataros to fruitless branches. This initiative only applies to branches that are fruitful. Amen. So you will, my, the introduction of the Greek word kataros is justified by the next verse, which now says, ye are clean. Because the purging exercise that is spoken about in verse 2 is actually a cleaning exercise. And in verse 3, it shows us the agency by which he achieves this cleaning. It is by what? The word of God. Now, so I would like us to dwell a little bit on that cleaning. Because a host of us are fruitful already. 
what God wants to achieve is maximum capacity utilization. And that is going to entail that he will clean you. You know, our perspective of clean most often is in view of debt. But I show you a mystery from the word of God. is not only dirty things that need cleaning. Come with me quickly. We need to build a case. You know, I've not answered many questions here. One of the questions I've not answered is, how does the false vine interfere with the process of your fruitfulness? I've not gone into all those issues. They are critical issues. I just want you to understand the effort that God makes to ensure that you are fruitful. And you must understand that the gardener will not, by any means, accept any excuse whatsoever for any form of fruitlessness he finds on the vine. Now, I'd like us to pay some attention to the book of um, Ephesians chapter number 5. I did um, a search a search on that word, katharos. I did a linguistic search, and it brought me to Ephesians chapter 5. That means it's the same word that was used in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 26. But you see, we need to read the scripture so that you can understand the context, given that truth does not exist in a vacuum. There is always an environment where you can find truth. And if you take that truth outside of the context in which it has been found, it is not true in any other context. Are you there? You are not there. You are not there. Okay, for instance, one one scripture says, stolen waters is sweet. Stolen waters is sweet. That, are you there? Are, Are you with me? That scripture is in a certain context. If you take it out of that context, it might seem as if the scriptures is supporting the efforts of a thief by recommending that stolen waters is sweet. See, that is only true within the context in which it is found. If you take it outside of the context, it is utopian. It is without reference he no longer has the coloration of truth. It is advisable if you want to find the meaning of a verse of scripture, therefore, that you read six verses before that verse and probably six verses after that verse so that your interpretation of the verse is within the context, the environment where it is found because it is only true in that context. Are you there? Stolen waters. Is sweet. If you make a doctrine out of it outside of the context, you are preaching on the air. There's no foundation to your presentation. Truth does not exist in a vacuum. Okay, so because of that tradition of Bible study, we will need to begin our study from the book of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23, so that we can at least feel the pulse of the context. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. 
I hope you know what this scripture is talking about in the part A of the scripture is what we call the principle of headship. Principle of headship. And there is a temptation for you to think that headship is synonymous with male <laughs> until you get employed in public service and then the head of your unit is a woman. It's, it's quite humbling when you find yourself in such situation. I was there before, uh, amen. Yeah, it's a terrible place to be actually. So uh, you must understand, be broad enough to understand that headship is not synonymous with male. All right? But you see, in the marriage institution, God gave the responsibility of headship to the man. And for obvious reasons, the, the scripture revealed to us the reason why headship in that context is given to the man. You want us to go into that trouble? Okay, so the people that responded are like 5% of this congregation. So we'll just forget about their request. Uh, so he said, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. First of all, are you there? Okay, because of the noble people that made a request that I should talk a little bit about this concept of headship. Uh, the reason why God instituted and gave the responsibility of headship to the man, and it's a responsibility, it's not an advantage. Many times I, 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 in the morning, I just look at my wife and say, Kai, you don't have any problem. <laughs> she said, yes, God made her like that because headship is a responsibility. She doesn't know how many things happen. Many provisions that are made available is not her business here, you know. So she, when she sleeps, she sleeps deep. Me, I, my own. <laughs> now, it's not an advantage. It, it, it's a responsibility. And when God issues a responsibility, he gives you the grace to be able to accomplish the demands of the responsibility. Now, the reason why, one of the reasons why God gave headship in the marriage institution to the man is because the Bible says that it was not Adam that was deceived. It was Eve that was deceived. So Eve's error was deception. Adam's error was rebellion. The judgment that came to Adam on the account of his error was different from the judgment that came to Eve on the account of her error. According to the wiring of a woman, it is easy for her to be deceived. If you have been in the deliverance ministry, if you are, if you are going to be frank, I will open up. If you, are, if you want to also be frank. If you have been in the deliverance ministry for a while you will find out that you'll be, you are likely to be casting out more demons from ladies than from men. And that is because it is easier because of their wiring for them to be deceived. So Adam was not deceived. Adam was right there when Satan was trying to manipulate his wife. He did not intervene. He was just there. And when the woman was deceived into eating 
of the fruit of that tree that God forbade them from eating, when she gave him, he also ate. That was, he was awake and aware. His own crime was rebellion. By wiring alone, because it is more difficult to deceive men because of their wiring. That's one of the reasons why God gave the responsibility of headship to men. Are you there? Even though women are called just like we are called, women are anointed just like we are anointed, but women are designed to operate from a covered position. Are you there? From a covered position. When you find a woman operating, maybe prophesying, preaching, an evangelist on a platform, the first question you need to ask is, who, who, what is the authority behind this woman? Because she's supposed to be operating from where? Ah, you are not liking my talk. Don't worry. It is not for today. Let's just focus on the lecture. Amen. Hallelujah. Who is the authority behind this one? And as long as we cannot verify that, it is not advisable to remain there. Hmm? Because they are supposed to operate that anointing, operate their ministry from the covering that a man gives. So, it can be a mighty evangelist that shakes the world, but the authority that empowers her to operate is the authority that should come from a man. All right? So if you come and ask me about my wife's calling and the things that she's doing now, I know the history of those things. and I've given her my blessing to do them. So that is what is going to make her indestructible because she's not operating at her own expense. It is easier to be a woman than a man spiritually. You don't understand what I'm talking about. Now, go and check. You will find more widows than widowers. Men die more easily. Oh, this my class is not... <laughs> you are not with me. You are not with me. The consequences of a woman's action is not the woman. The consequences of the woman's action is on the person that gave her the license to operate that way. So it's easier to be a woman than to be a man because if you commit a blunder spiritually, it is the person that gave you the authority to operate that is going to suffer from your error. You notice that, are you there? Yes, the woman went and ate something and gave the man. When God showed up, God did not even ask the woman. He said, Ada. The consequences of her actions, he has to bear the burden because he's the one that gave her the authority to, to interact with Satan. He was there. He did not stop her. When Satan came, it was a woman he engaged. Because Satan is not, he always violates the divine order. When God came, it was the man he called. So you are going to bear the responsibility of what your wife is doing. Even if you claim that you are not aware. Oh, you, are, you don't understand spirituality. You cannot 
make that claim because she's operating under your authority. So I told you that it's easier to be a woman than a man. Men die faster. What will guarantee your long life as a man is alignment to the principles of God. Alignment. Alignment. And this alignment also involves the activity of your wife. I know it's, it's a big matter, and I think it's too sensitive for us to be talking about this on, on, on Tuesday. This is the kind of thing that discussed on Friday, on, <laughs> on Saturday. Hallelujah. So God will hold you responsible for what your wife is doing. So if a woman is operating and flourishing and she's touching lives, the power behind that woman is the person that gave the woman the authority. The person may not be talking to but it's the power that is behind that woman. Are you there? Then in a situation where the woman is the one that has the priesthood, and the man is a rolling stone. I know you want to ask those. Those questions are for Fridays, not for, for Tuesdays. They, 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 they are, are you there? As unbeliever as the man is, as long as he has not driven you away, he still has the responsibility to exercise that headship, even if he knows he has it or not. So, yes, there's an apostolic calling on your life, no doubt. But that man has to bless it. In, we, even if he has a bottle of star on his left hand. <laughs> Don't fight the bottle. Just receive. Receive the blessing. As long as you are operating from a covered position, no weapon formed against you shall be able to prosper. The easiest way to be wounded as a woman is to take off without cover. You will come back with the scars that will not heal in your lifetime. You know, I've been a pastor for many years. I've counseled believers, politicians, and kings. In fact, the more influential you are, the more your problems. That is, your life is good the way it is, I assure you. If you hear, oh my, the burdens that come from the top. Operate from a covered position. My place as a pastor, a minister over your life is not as powerful as your husband's place. Even though I'm anointed. But there is something called the divine order. Don't just obey the Bible, obey the order. There's, there's a divine order. Many ministers of the gospel today no longer respect the divine order. You know what the consequence of that is? Many people will die before their time. Long life is not just a desire. Long life, are you there? <laughs> It's a proof of compliance to the divine order. If you ask any old man that is like 97 years old, if you ask him, what's the secret? They don't have any vibes. 
They don't have, don't think you will learn anything from what they will tell you. It is only the scriptures that can reveal it. He has unknowingly operated accurately. If you are going to, long life is a proof of compliance to the divine order. Are you still with me? Okay. Come with me. Let us travel with the scripture. So, according to the book of Ephesians chapter 5 verse 23, the natural marriage between husband and wife is a replica. It follows the same principles as the relationship that Christ has with his church. So, the relationship between Christ and his church is the original context and marriage is a mere illustration of that original context. Do you, do, you, do you get that? Okay, so the principles that operate between the relationship with Christ and his church are also obtainable in that marriage situation. So if you know the 14 principles that undergas the relationship of Christ and his church, and you apply those principles in your marriage, those principles are coming from the original. What we are running as marriage here is a replica. The principles are superior to this realm. So when you apply it in this realm, even if your relatives and your in-laws want to scatter that marriage, it cannot be scattered because it is carrying the principles of something that is mystical. Except that witchcraft can defeat that mystical reality that is illustrated in your own practice of marriage, there is nothing that can bring it down. Okay? Now, so, the Bible says that Jesus is the savior of the body. The savior of the body. I don't want to go into all of that. But if you know this scripture... This is, this is an intercessory possibility to ensure. No, this is not a marriage. In fact, jump, jump. Let's go to, to avoid all this talk. There are things there. If we start there, then we'll not begin marriage, this thing. Mm. 24. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ... So let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church. It will interest you to know that the measurement that was used for the kind of love that is needed to keep a marriage, the unit of measurement is as Christ. I know most of you, you know, you loved your wife when you married. That's human love. Human love is not strong enough to push that boat. And human love is going to face a fatal, fatal defeat as the storms begin to come. It will diminish that human love. You will need to operate from another context of love to drive that boat. And most times, are you there? Most times, we are not taught, we are not instructed. The definition of this kind of love is sacrifice. 
It's not just talk. I know women like hearing, oh, you're looking great. <laughs> That's not what moves the boat. Even though, keep talking to them. Keep talking. Say, you are, this your hair is shining. Oh, my God. I'm a master of that. <laughs> it's shining. Hallelujah. They like it. But you see, you, as much as you do that, ensure that you still have the love that is sacrificial. The love that is sacrificial does not make sense. It's senseless. It's not born from the human mind. If you can, that's the covenant love. That even if, though you make me angry, I will not change the fact that I'm still connected to you. Even though you do something terrible, I will not change the fact that our covenant still stands. And this sealed system called marriage, are you there? There is only one thing that can perforate it. Only one thing that can undo it according to the scripture. And that is immorality. Just in case. Huh? Yes, immorality. That's the only ground that we can consider a divorce from. If there is immorality, because it has broken the fundamentals of the love covenant, the blood covenant. Marriage is a blood covenant. It is from life unto death. But when you commit immorality, what you have done, you are tapped into another person's blood. It has invalidated the previous one that you entered. So it's a very, it's a strong ground for exit. However, it is possible that someone can find enlargement in Christ and forgive. Do you understand that? Yeah, you can find enlargement in Christ and forgive. But when you get into marriage, you don't get into marriage with the hope that you will test another woman. Because we have not so learned Christ. It is only that which is illustrated in the principles of Christ that is applicable in that context. Are you, are you with me? Yes. So, as the Lord liveth before whom I stand... By the time I'm taking my last breath, I would not have violated my marriage contract with my wife. As the Lord leave it. The reason why I say this is because the resources to make it so is in Christ Jesus. And that was what he modeled in the kind of love that he had for the church. It means that there is grace available to make me model that in my relationship with my wife. If you have a marital problem, it means you have a spiritual problem. Yeah, it means you have a problem with Jesus. You are not in perfect alignment with Jesus. That's why aspects of the grace of Jesus is not available in your, in your life to model before your wife. The best, best scale of measuring a believer's compliance to his Lord is checking the way he relates with his wife. Because if Christ begins to grow on your inside, his influence begins to dominate your inside, there are a few indicators that the Bible teaches that will show that indeed Christ is growing on your inside. One of the first indicators that shows that Christ is growing on your inside is generosity. Generosity. You, Christ cannot grow on your inside and you are stingy. No. Because he was so generous that he gave his life. That's a height of generosity. And in measures and capsules, you are going to give your life to your wife. In measures. 
and in capsules. In measures and in capsules. You are going to fulfill the very example that Jesus fulfilled. Are you with me? So generosity is one of the indicators that indeed he has been conquered by Christ. And the Lord Christ is, is, is gaining more grounds of influence over his heart. Are you there? Or you are not there? Uh, you know, I was a classroom teacher. Have you heard my story? I was a classroom teacher. They taught us how to teach people. Teaching school. Huh? And how to evaluate if the people are understanding what you are teaching. So, I normally use those my techniques that I got from teaching college to evaluate our level of comprehension of what I'm delivering. Don't tell me you are a Christian and you are stingy and stiff. Your bowels of mercy are not open to respond to the need of the other person. Sometimes you don't even need to tell me. Once you walk into my office, I, I know, no, this one has problems. It means, for the Bible says that a good man devises liberal things. That is, he makes plans to help people. When you find stoic Epicureans in the house of God, they have not met with Jesus Christ. They don't know Jesus. It is very cheap to be pious and sanctimonious. Very cheap. But no one can deny love when it is revealed through bowels of mercy and liberality. No one can. That's, that's a proof that Christ in you is beginning to gain what? Ground. That's one. That's one out of seven. So when we are ready to teach on those things, we'll bring it out. And then I will show you that the average believer in Nigeria is not growing in Christ. He's growing, they are growing in other things, other philosophies. And those other philosophies are the false vines I'm trying to get you to say. But, but be, be patient, be patient. Let's not rush this matter. Are you there? You are growing in Christ. One of the evidences we are going to see huh, is yieldedness. In your life, we can trace this statement. Not my will, but thine be done. Because the first Adam modeled the example of rebellion. The second Adam modeled the example of obedience. So if the second Adam is your master, he will even put you in circumstances where he will break your willpower so that it will be easy for you to yield to him. The most brutal of dealings that God will bring our way are those dealings that weaken the will of a hardened man so that it is easy for him to yield to God. Are you there? Now, so when we really come for the lecture, I'll bring those things out and show you the indicators. Don't just stay in church and think you are doing something. No, ensure that you are growing in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The reason why the Bible normally specifies the grace, I say the grace in Christ Jesus. I will show you the other grace. I will show you the other enablements that the false vine gives. These enablements will produce wild grapes. 
Because that person has been taught never to abide in him. Never to depend on him. That's, that's another lifestyle. And it has results. It will, the goal is different. To produce wild grapes. He said, husband, love your wife, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. This is my scripture. How did Christ give, to what extent did Christ give himself to his church? And I'd like you to understand the context so that you can get the meaning that I'm trying to draw out of this scripture. Verse 27, go to 27, we'll come back to 26. That he might present it unto himself a glorious church, not, that means if the sanctification takes place completely, he will be able to present the church to himself on his level, in his cadre. So when he got the church, he got the church, he bought the church with the price of his blood from the world. The church looks like the world. Doesn't look like what he wants, what is befitting for him. So he begins to subject the church to what he calls the washing of water. I'm going to take time to explain this. The washing of water. Oh my God. Is my mentor, watchman Nee, that explained this scripture more than any teacher of all time. Now try as much as possible to explain it the way he did. Because that explanation was like a bomb that opened my spirit, man. And perception became my portion. If he sanctifies the church with the washing of water by the word, then he will present it unto himself, one, a glorious church. When, when, when this church becomes glorious, it means two things have been dealt with. The first thing is called spot. So the washing of water deals with spots. And I'm talking about hindrances to fruit bearing. One of them is spots. Another one is wrinkle. Then there's a third one that doesn't have a name. Paul calls it any such thing. It's nameless. Because it can take on a different shape in your own life. Jesus Christ. The first one is what? You are afraid. The way you, spoke, the way you said it, you are, you, there is fear in your spirit. Man. The first one is what? Spot. Second one is what? Wrinkle. Third one is what? Any such thing. So when he begins to wash us by the washing of water, by the word of God... It takes away his spot. So if Satan wants to hinder your fruitfulness so that you will not become everything God intended you to be, he looks for an opportunity to put a spot on your life. That spot is going to hinder the outcome that God intends. Just like you, you plant something and you have an outcome in mind. You know, when I planted that mango, I was talking about it in my house. And you need to see that mango, how leafy it is, bogus. It has covered everywhere. But when it's mango season, for me to locate, it will produce nine. <coughs> and three of them are bad. 
you will know that it is not soil nutrient that is lacking. But somehow, Satan was able to build spot into the process. He was able to build wrinkles into the process. So, you see, when we talk about spot, we are talking about things that deface. When we talk about wrinkle, we are talking about things that manifest because of age. You see, the life of God is indestructive. The life of God is not created. The life of God cannot be destroyed. You are not following me. Now, let me ask you, is the son old? Son. Is age and old the same thing? Age and old. Is it the same thing? I just saw a lady, she, they say she's 70 years old. She looks 35. So is age and old the same? We were walking on the streets of London and I saw someone that was my minister. You know, when we were still in the petroleum industry, our minister of petroleum, I saw her in London and she put one cap. So we stopped her. She said, do you know me? I said, oh my God, I know you were my minister. Yeah. I used to do that. I said, no, I'm into full-time ministry now. She was looking 35, and she told me, I'm 63. And the, the point is, he's old and, uh, and what? And age, the same thing. You see, age is a number. Old. God is not old. Just like the son is not old. Wait, did you feel the bite of that son? He's just telling you that I'm still here. I'm still here. I'm still here. The fact that something is ancient doesn't mean it is old. Like I said to you, the life of God was not created. The life of God cannot be destroyed. The life of God doesn't produce old. He only produces age. So age and old are not the same. So if your own age becomes old... And then we have a problem. There is a wrinkle. There is a wrinkle. There is a wrinkle. How many of you still remember Rahat Bonke? Till the last crusade that Bonke held in Lagos, the authority of God was as it was was cutting edge, cutting edge. Meanwhile, in Africa, we think that when people grow old, they die in spirit. You don't know the life of Christ. The ancient of days, he's been there before time began and he is still relevant and he will be relevant. In fact, if you, if you despise him, it's to your own peril. So I see myself as I age, I become more fervent and powerful and influential for the kingdom of God. That's how it's supposed to be. The part of the jaws is as a shining light that shineth more and more. It's only the perfect day that will take you out of the scene. But there's no diminishing with this reality. The Bible calls it the glory that excels. It shines brighter. That's the, that's the contract we have in the new covenant. But whenever we notice a wrinkle, 
The Bible says that Moses, Moses was 120 years old and his natural force was not abated and his eye was not dim. He still had his 2020 vision. Those of you that have ever seen an ophthalmologist, they have, they have a sheet of, of, of alphabets, including invisible ones. <laughs> and they ask you, are you seeing this? There's nothing there. There's they say, are you seeing this thing? There's no. <laughs> when you say there's nothing there, they say, ah, you are blind. <laughs> it's when you come close to the to, to the paper, you ask, is X? <laughs> Moses had 20-20 vision at 120 years. His natural force was not abated, and his eyes were not. Deem. That's age, not old. At the time he breathed his last, his strength was still in his vessel. It's not age that will take me out. It's not old that will take me out. All right? My strength will still be in my vessel. Until I preach my last sermon, and I will tell you five years before my exit, that I'm beginning to hear the bell. I'm hearing it now. For five years of preparation. It will, it will not be, they say, there's a bomb, there's a bomb, boom! Then they check and, ah, no, I'm not there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Strengthen yourself. Death is not that powerful. And we have no covenant with it. No. We have no covenant with it. So, this washing of water that comes by the word of God, it deals with spots and it's supposed to deal with wrinkles. As long as there are wrinkles, it means we have not manifested at the level of his acceptance. You can go to the farm and you plant some seeds and when the things begin to grow, because it has not ripened, you cannot pluck it. Yes, there is grain. It, it looks, yes, there's a fruit there. But it needs to pass through the process of time before it can adequately ripen. That's when you can harvest it. So Jesus continues his washing of water process on the body of Christ until she comes to such a state that is, she is without wrinkle and spot or any such thing so that he can present the church to himself. He, he seemed to have a standard, a standard that he would not compromise, and every one member of the body of Christ must attain unto that standard so that corporately we can carry the texture of the glorious church. Are you following this scripture? In order for us to be adequately fruitful, God said there is an administration of cleansing that is supposed to take place in us. And this cleansing is by the word of God. So the same concept applies in both cases. Okay, so we need to find out 
What is it that Satan can throw at you that can stall your fruitfulness? Is Satan that powerful? He's not. Satan's currency, Satan's strength is not in the currency of power or might. His strength is in the currency of deception. His strength is in the currency of distraction. His strength is in the currency of fear. So let us start with deception. And I need to take us to a scripture to justify the reason why I am emphasizing on deception. You know, I told you, I have a disciple in the United Kingdom. And the dad was a bad guy. All the men around were bad people. So she has a philosophy that all men are evil. So Satan will ensure that through circumstances and situations, through experiences, he he is able to establish a doctrine in your life. A doctrine that has so much authority that it even defies the authority of the word of God. So much authority that it defies the authority of the word of God. And people... You know, there are some people that have suffered, even when you are telling them that Jesus is the answer, Jesus can No, no, no. They can't see what you are saying. They, they, are, they are caught up in a... Pre- and I, you know, in my practice of ministry, I can tell you people that are met with different kinds of psychological disorders, and when you are confronting them with the word of God, they cannot see what they think you are saying is a fairy tale, and they cannot see the reality of what you are doing or saying, because their reality has been forged in the furnace of the disappointments, the furnace of the hardships, the furnace. And if you are in that situation where the word of God no longer has authority in your life, what Satan has done to you is that he has put you in a situation where because of your tradition, you have made the word of God of non-effect. So even if the things that God is saying about your life, it cannot come to pass. Because you have a doctrine that you picked up along the way, which is a seed of deception that no longer qualifies you to access the grace that is readily available in Christ Jesus. So in your life, Satan has used a stroke of deception to cut you out of the economy of grace that flows from the vine. You will become a degenerate plant that doesn't look like what God desires. And so God needs to set up an administration of the washing of water so that gradually he can begin to erode your philosophy and wear it out until he finally strangulates it out of your space. So someone the other time gave his life to Christ then he started talking about his past that am I aware he has killed people before? Six people. He was an arm robber. He killed a woman in cold blood. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And Satan had made him feel that there is no form of forgiveness that is available to him. Even though we led him to Christ and he he prayed with faith 
But in the night, he will begin to see the faces of the people that he had killed. And then when he wakes up in the morning, he doesn't believe his salvation again. You see, God will not violate his word or go outside of his word to deal with you. You are the one that needs to deal with every situation from the standpoint of the word of God. The word of God is immovable. It's unchangeable. The word of God is dateless. It has been tried seven times and found to be efficacious. So your own situation is too small to invalidate the word of God. It was tried by fire. So after a while, when he began to, uh, you know, those things, it took time for that philosophy to be forged in his heart. So it will take time for the word of God to wear it out. After a long, you know, people don't stay long enough in order for them to find help. Somebody traveled from Abuja the other time. I don't know what sickness they say he had. Now, I don't heal the sick. I'm just a vessel. Jesus is a healer. I'm just a vessel through whom he heals. Yes, he has given me the gift of healing. Is he himself that comes to operate the gift? So if you ask me, why is this person not healed? Why should I know? How can I know that? So he came from Abuja. He came for healing, which is very legitimate. Who told you some of the people that we read about their healings in the Bible? Who told you it's only one meeting that they came from? You are the one that presses the button of when God wants to heal. So the guy showed up. We finished the meeting, he was not healed. So he came to my office looking for healing. I said, well, we just finished the service. The one that, um, the one that heals people, he was in the service, and I'm not sure if he's here. <laughs> you know, you see, you know what? You know what? Say the truth and, and free yourself from pressure. Who told you I heal people? Jesus tells. If he didn't heal you, he has a reason. In fact, the way I'm seeing you, if I'm Jesus... So I had to block him because he's been sending me messages. Not, I'm not yet healed. It's two years. It's... Okay. You know, I like WhatsApp people. They knew that we need to block some lines. And Samsung. Samsung knew that some numbers should be blocked for life. And Samsung has a way. Huh? I'm not a marketer. You must understand. I'm not a marketer. But Samsung has a function. A way you just... And you rest. Most of these people do not even understand the way God operates. They are bound in prisons of deception. And this deception, this deception, they picked it along the way because of experiences that they had. Now turn your Bible with me to the book of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. I want to read a few scriptures to you to open your eyes. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. And I, brethren, okay, I want to give an announcement. The announcement is that tomorrow, tomorrow, God has assured me that he will clothe me with the anointing of a prophet tomorrow. So if there are people that need to be healed, <laughs> hallelujah, he will heal them tomorrow. Eh? All right, so that's the announcement. Now, don't say because I'm, I, I said it's only Jesus that he wants to heal tomorrow. So, 
Bring them. Come with me in this scripture. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. Can you see the kind of pastor, Apostle Paul, Go back to that scripture. I just wanted to. He was with them in weakness. So when he feels that he has not prayed enough, he will tell them, Hi, sister, are you aware that this, my prayer has not gauged you? Even when he's afraid, he will come and hide in somebody's house and safety. Much trembling. So they saw his humanity. They saw that he was not God. Meanwhile, these days... <laughs> The idea of a pastor is a superstar, a superman. He, he doesn't, these are his. Now, <laughs> all of those men are in cartoons. <laughs> That's how Spider-Man is. <laughs> he was with them in trembling. They saw his humanity. They saw that what made him stand out was not anything he picked up from the university. It was the grace of God that comes upon him. And as long as that grace comes, God through him can perform things that only God can do. So he allowed them to see his humanity so that no one would deify him. Are you there? It's a woman that was, had a situation and infirmity for like 27 years. And when she eats, she vomits. If she eats, she vomits. If she eats, she vomits. So the prayer is... They know she will vomit, but let her not vomit everything so that there will be some that her body will feed off. So she came like this for Bible study, and I was teaching. And I came down, not here, the, you know that other place? Yeah, that was, that was. Those days, because my platform was close to the people, this one we put here that is far from the people, in fact, I'm not used to it. Because when I teach, I come down and I start touching people's heads. So that was how I, I touched her head. And she fell off. And I was wondering, why is she falling off? And she was there for a while before I left her. I continued preaching and I touched people's head like that and I moved like that. That was how she got here. And when she woke up, the only meal available was pounded yam. So she ate that one. She didn't vomit. She topped it with rice. She didn't vomit. Uh-uh. Her appetite for meat opened up. She went that way. Ate in the morning and was eating like that for one week and without vomiting. The husband thought she had died and we were, we, we didn't want to tell him. So he got angry and entered the vehicle and traveled. When, she, when he came, it was his wife that went and hugged her. He was in that confusion. The wife said, "You need to be born again." That's how we brought the man. He sat down. We led him to Christ and prayed for him for him to be filled with the Holy Ghost. In the night, it was his wife that woke him up because we had injected her with prayer. Woke him. He said, "Human beings are not supposed to be sleeping till daybreak," and taught the husband 
Because the husband stayed, stayed, stayed with us for three days, taught her night prayer. So when I went to their village, because she went to the village, began to pray for people, people began to manifest, all kind of. And then she said, she called us that she doesn't have the power to pastor. She's not trained. What, what would she be telling them? That was when we now went there. So when we went there, in order for her to show that she appreciates her miracle, she laid down. We came with hillocks. She laid down for me to use her back to, to step down from the hillock. So what I told her is that if you, if you remain there, I will fly from up here, and then all of us will lie in the, the grass. People, the whole community will say, people are mad. You know what? Because I know, I did not even know that it was healing that took place. If I'm the one that heals, wouldn't I know that, okay, now I want to heal you. I want to bring the camera close. I want to heal. (laughs) I didn't know. I didn't know. So as much as possible, that's a personal decision that Apostle Paul took, that he will show his humanity. He will not be deified in the midst of the brethren. Because it's very easy for you to deify yourself. When you deify yourself, people can't talk to you again because you are a God. You can't be wrong. Nobody can challenge you with the Bible. I've seen people that wreck their ministry that way. Some of them are still alive. Wreck. Total wreck. You know those... Those twins, those twins that they attacked, that, that cannot walk. You must have seen them sometime. So I, I prayed for them, and I asked the ushers to bring them to my office. I sat down with their mom. I finished seeing some people, then I came and sat down with them. All I wanted to do in all sincerity was just to show them that I identify with them. Yes, I pray for them. Their situations get better. Then after some time, it becomes worse. You must understand that in, it doesn't matter the level of ministry you are in. There are things that will take you back to the presence of God to ask questions. How, what is the secret? There are cases we have worked on like that. It took three years before we broke it. And through those three years of learning, God would have taught you many things. So I thought that day, I just invited them just so that they will know that, see, it's not as if I forgot you, you know, those things that we normally say as pastors. But the nun told me that they are not here for encouragement. And meanwhile, to get them to talk is very difficult because they stammer. They're not here for encouragement. That God spoke to them about me. So I calmed down. In order for us to make one word out of the young men, because they are stammering, so I will say, I will say the word, they say no. I will say another word, then I will say the word, then I write it. They brought a very critical message from God to me. Those critical message. Now, when you deify yourself, you now consider that these ones cannot talk to you. You are closer to the place where you will you will shipwreck. Paul deliberately uncovered his humanity and they saw him 
in weakness. They saw him in fear. They saw him in trembling. There's a reason why he's doing this. Other people are not doing this. But there's a reason why he's doing this deliberately. This is a deliberate decision that he has taken. Next verse there. And my speech, another deliberate decision. And my preaching was not with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power. Why did he take those two separate decisions? He says, what? Next verse there. That your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man. Now, stay with me, stay with me. It is possible for your faith <laughs> to stand in the wisdom of man. And that's what Satan wants. He wants your faith to stand in the wisdom of man. That wisdom of man upon which your faith is standing will disappoint you. It is the disappointment that is going to befall you that Satan will benefit from by putting a spot on your life. That spot will become an epidemic against your faith. It will be difficult thereafter for you to trust God because you thought it was him you trusted. You didn't know it was the wisdom of man. And Apostle Paul made very deliberate decisions in order for everyone that heard his voice never, never to have his faith anchored on the wisdom of man. The reason why I don't do weekly prophecy, this week you are going to encounter, is because if it doesn't happen, I lied. It's a lie. Very soon, very soon, it will now become a cliche. If I receive the real one and I say, something will happen. <laughs> All the ones you have been saying for the past five years, nothing happened. There is nothing like weekly prophecy. God does not speak every week. In fact, there are times in heaven when there is silence and God is not talking. Yeah, there are times. If you, if you are a genuine prophet, you will keep quiet sometimes because God is not talking. He's not talking. He said, I did these things deliberately, showed you my humanity, and ensured that my speech and my preaching was not coated with man's wisdom so that your faith will not be anchored on the wisdom of men but on the power of God. Sports. How many wisdom nuggets have you picked that didn't work? And there's a temptation to think that all pastors are in business. That's not true. Some are called. It's not a system that is, that is designed to, to rape people. That's the conclusion that many people have because the ministers that ministered to them were not careful to ensure that their faith was not anchored on the wisdom of man. The wisdom of man will never produce any result. And if it's the wisdom of God you are going to follow, you are going to walk with, there is a way the wisdom of God is. And James gave us insight into the description 
of how the wisdom of God looks like in order to prevent us from trafficking with other, other commodities other than the wisdom of God and expect wisdom results. Satan will pay any price to ensure that you accept deception. And the only thing that can expose deception is the revelation of the word of God. The washing of water. I saw so many people die. So, so much affliction take place in my family. When we looked for good, behold, what we saw was evil. The height, the height of my experiences in my family was when I saw my elder brother. I was with, sitting with him. He ran mad in my presence. I, I didn't say it loud, but I believed in my heart after that experience. And the, the madness was dramatic. I believed in my heart thereafter that Satan was stronger than God. But I will not voice it out, but it was inside. Do you know how many years it took to purge that out? And Satan will administer a spot at the very nerve of the fountain of your ministry. He knew. The currency I work with is faith. Most of you know that. There's no other secret I have other than my ability to hear God and to obey him. I tell many people that my life is in my hearing. The God I serve speaks. And he's not a man that he should lie. He's not a son of man that he should repent. He speaks. He speaks. He speaks. My, my wife became a woman, woman of faith because I would tell her, you see, this is it. So she knew it works. So she also began to invest and then she began to hear God. And that's how we have lived, carried on till this day. But Satan had sown a seed a seed that had pedestaled him as superior because of dramatic things that he had displayed before my eyes. Over the years, it took the washing of water. Washing of water. The Greek for the word in the book of Ephesians chapter 5 verse 26 is rhema. The washing of water by Rema. Rema talks about the proceeding word of God. What God is saying now from his mouth. It is only that kind of word that can defeat the logic of that deception. Rema. Those days when I was still in the service, the, our manager made his girlfriend. He had a girlfriend in our office. 
and the lady used to walk like this. If you try anything, they will post you to Borono State. <laughs> Some of you understand what I'm talking about. So, they now made her our supervisor. I was at the depot here. They made her our supervisor. On Monday morning, she will call you, give all kinds of impossible instructions. So, in fact, when you are leaving the office on Friday, you are the happiest man. But Sunday night, depression will come because there's a call that will come on Monday. So one day, I, I, in fact, I, I had hypertension because of that call. So when I went back and I knelt down, say, a woman is threatening me. Oh God, a woman. There's a woman. A woman is a problem to my life. A woman. And I called on. <laughs> I called on his name. Then he now spoke a rhema into my spirit. You know what he asked me? Who gave you this job? Then I remember when we were on the mountain in Kano, in fasting and prayer, and God spoke. He had already spoken to me, and I don't want to explain the dramatic scenario, you know, surrounding the speakings of God. But on the mountains, there was one brother there that was a prophet in our midst. He came and be, he, he screamed. Anytime we are praying hot prayers and he screams, it means, hey, the God has come again. So he screamed. Then he pointed to me and he began to talk about a job. That God was going to give me a job. That he see me in the spirit. How that they came to visit me in my new office. And he, he described my table. And when they gave us the job, that was my table. So, God now asked me, who gave you this job? Then I remembered that he spoke about the job before my office existed. I said, oh, it's you. Then he stopped talking. It was that rhema that knocked off that fear. And I was looking forward to Monday. When the lady spoke and said, and I told her I need two policemen from a division police station to accompany me to Lafia. And if by any means I spend a night outside my house, it translates to $150. If you can raise a check <coughs> that captures all my operational expenses, security involved, I will give you a robust report that captures more than what you require. That was the last time she called. The washing of water will come by rima, that which God speaks to your spirit directly. That's how strongholds are powerful. It will take the same utterance that God used to create. He will speak with that energy into your heart to dethrone strongholds and delete them so that your life will not become fruitless. That's how he knocked off that fear. So there are three things he uses to put spots and wrinkles on us. Deception, 
distraction and fear. When the devil sees that he cannot deceive you, what he will do is that he will distract you. Suddenly your husband will begin to hate you, start misbehaving. The reason is because you are an intercessor and Satan has seen that if you, if you ride on the wings of intercession, you will become a Deborah in the spirit and you will truncate a lot of things that he has planted in the territory. So he just sends a demon to preoccupy your husband. So all your persecutions, your heartbreaks will begin to come from his misbehavior. Listen to me. There is a grace that can make you insensitive to madness. Are you there? The madness is going on, but it's no longer affecting you. Because the one that loves your soul has given you a kiss on your heart. You, you can no longer consider anything outside of the environment of his affection. So that madness becomes isolated madness, becomes private practice, because it no longer has impact on your heart. I remember a woman. The husband went and committed adultery and came back. And when the wife confronted him, he drove her out. The woman left in anger, continued her life. But every single night, she would wake up and say, Lord, kill the man. Kill him. See what he made me. See how she, oh my God, kill, kill the other, kill. Is it not written? Is it not written? That you kill it and you make it a lie. Don't make a lie. Kill, kill, kill. For one year, for two years, for three years, for four, 15 years, kill him, kill. Then the man will buy a new car and he will cruise with, with light through the neighborhood. In the night, she goes to Gaza and she will weep first. Kill. Kill. Cut off. Kill. 20th year, when she was, she wanted to raise the, the, that guy again. God and I said, can't you forgive this? <laughs> can't you lie, pretty? She, it never occurred to her that that option existed. I said, okay. I release him. I forgive him. That prayer did not finish before the man died. So the man, Satan used the man as a distraction to take away 20 years from her life. So that man became his God. She, she didn't know that the man was her God. He preoccupies your prayer life, preoccupies your perception, even your joy. You See, if you are sad, it's a choice. You people are witnesses here. My brother was captured by kidnappers and killed. Ask my wife. I shed no tear. Not because I didn't feel it. So after crying, what will happen? 
I'll, I'll have him back. Yes, the pain was on my soul, but I never gave myself to it. I never submitted. And that's, that's my only brother that I look like. Yes. That's my only brother that I look like. I never surrendered to that sorrow. Because if you do, it's a choice. You are not the only person that has lost somebody. It's a choice. I was so close to him that I refused to go to the barrier. Because I, if I see him in that box, I will not be able to pastor you for some time. Never yielded. Never. Never. Don't yield. If he cannot deceive you, he will distract you. And then you will use your strength to fight a battle, to shadow box. You fight something that does not exist for 25 years. And time is not storable. You can't put it in a fridge and say, let's keep five years in a fridge. Let's keep 14 years in the bedroom so that when we come, we'll wear it. Please help me tell your neighbor, what you are doing is not a dress rehearsal. This life is not a practice. You are not practicing for the real life. This is the life. This is the life. You didn't tell your neighbor now. You didn't. Tell your neighbor, you are not practicing. No. This is not a practice. This is not a practice. This is the life. Don't submit to that situation. Don't surrender. There is a fruit that God wants you to bear in spite of the circumstances. Because he is making grace available. And all you need to be able to bear fruit is that you are angulated enough in yieldedness to receive the grace of God. And as long as you are receiving that grace, you will bear the fruits of ordination, the fruits of destiny. Your destiny will spring forth in spite of the barricade in spite of the barricade you will bear fruit hallelujah then when he sees that deception does not work you will now bring fear fear of wicked people the other day I went to Enugu to join a couple. You people know that I don't attend weddings like that. This family, they are my, we are related, we are related spiritually. So I had to pay the price to go to Enugu, preach the great sermon. They were joined. When I went to visit, the couple in the night. Then they opened up to me. The wife said, she always feels that she will not be able to conceive. Eh. Okay. Why? How? You know, she said, no. It just comes to her that she will not be able to conceive. Um, it is because of that your fear that I came 
if you like, continue in the fear. But the fact that I came means God will override that fear. She didn't believe me. She didn't believe all the smart scriptures I brought. Skillful way that I presented the counsel of God did not penetrate. That thing was an idol. But you know what? She conceived. Then the next fear was she didn't believe she would deliver. So the husband went and paid money for CS. So that they would just take the baby out. At least the baby is growing. The, the thought did not say that the baby will not grow. So, so you know, it's only that she will not conceive, which she has conceived. And then now, the thing changed. He said, she will not deliver. So they went and paid money for CS. And then when the time of delivery came, the doctor was not even there. The child just came out. They had paid money for CS, but there was no, just two nurses on duty. Eh, 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 oh. <laughs> so I hope, I hope to, to see her again. Let me ask her, what are you afraid of now? Maybe there's a new one. If he cannot deceive you, he will distract you. If he cannot distract you, then he will plant a seed of fear in your life. Abraham was supposed to be a father of nations. In fact, the testimony and the utterance that God gave him was that in him, all the families of the earth will be blessed. That him and his seed after him. So the prophecy captured his seed and then now his wife is barren. Because this spot, this spot, it will be on the fountain that is most critical to the actualization of the plan of God for your life. God had to change his name from exalted father to father of many nations because nations will come out of his loins then his wife could not conceive. When that lingers for long, there is a way you can now manipulate what God says and then you abridge it and say, okay, maybe the meaning of nations, father of nations, you will give it another meaning because you suddenly believe that God is impotent to bring his plans to pass. And that's what we do. And then the fruit that God is expecting from your life, you can no longer bring it forth because you have accepted a lie. Let God be true and let every man be a liar. I know you saw your elder brother shake and die. You saw your father shake and die. You saw your stepbrother shake and die. I came to tell you we do not have a covenant with death. Oh my. Oh my. If there is anybody that Satan wants dead, it's me. But I'm still here. And I'm going to be here for some time. People sent us messages and say, you are dead. Huh. It will take more than a message to bring me down. <laughs> say, we'll kill you. There's no man alive that will wake up with the intention to kill me. You will not wake up. You will not wake up. 
The next time you enter into the realm of the spirit, ask God about me. Ask how close am I to him? Just ask him. Ask him how many people that are alive on earth have that kind of relationship with him. I do not say this boastfully, but if I don't say it, I've lied to him. I know where I stand. I know, I know what Jesus has given me. Say someone, a human being that takes needs to take air, needs to breathe to stay alive. He say his vision is okay with me. Jesus. I know where life comes from. Where life. What is that lie that you have you have incubated for 25 years? That lie that you have kept, you, you have protected it for 25 years. God says, I want to take it out by Rhema. I want to take it out. 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 When God hits you with Rhema, even sickness loses its power over your body. Oh my God. Oh my God. Somebody needs to cry to him and say, I believe. I believe. Help thou my unbelief. I believe you. Kidobo Korea Baha Babo Siketalia. Igobonteni. Ah, who told you that lie? Who spoke that lie? He comes around to wash us by the washing of water by Rema. This has found me just as I am. Empty handed by the light in your <laughs> Majesty Majesty Yes, choir, help us now. Help me. I will go the length, I will go the distance. That which God has ordained for my life will be made manifest in spite of the enemy. I will not be deceived. I will not be distracted. And I will not fear. For the Lord is my light and my salvation. Who shall I fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? Come in the light Forever I am shaped by your word. <laughs> In the presence of your majesty. 
I will not be distracted. I believe, have thou my own belief. That was the prayer of that man. I believe. Take away any unbelief in my spirit, man. Take it out. I want to walk by faith. I want to be exactly what you have said that I am. I want to see those manifestations in my life. Help my unbelief. I want to walk in the fullness of the strides of faith. Believing that you are able to do everything that you have said. Help my unbelief, oh God. What obstacle have been placed on your path? How is Satan attempting to legitimize his activity in your space in order to deny you of maximum capacity, productivity? I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe. I believe you. Take me away. From that dungeon of darkness. Where I see through the prism of experience. The prism of lies told. Take me to that place where the fullness of illumination is. Where your counsel is broadcast by the word of your mouth. Man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. I believe you. And forever, I am changed by your word. (laughs) 
in the presence of your majesty. I, I believe you, Lord. Majesty. Oh my God. Majesty. Forever. Forever. In the presence of your majesty. Kilanto eberai sela iko. Mambros katama kande babonde la itama. Yelabosi for with men these things might be impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. With God all things are possible. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I walk with the knowledge of what God has told me. That becomes my reality. Doesn't matter what circumstances say, what people think. But I walk with the consciousness of what God has when you begin to walk in that consciousness people will say you are proud people will say you are full of yourself because of the consciousness of what God has told me how that he has said you will raise a generation of puritans and because of your efforts, holiness will not be lost. Because of that, just anybody that preaches the gospel cannot be my friend. I'm a Puritan. I'm called to preserve the heritage of Puritans. You can be friends with thieves and friends with womanizers. No. Do you understand that? I walk with that reality. That's what God told. People may not believe it. They know. They might say, "Okay, see, this, see fool is just proud." Just don't worry. Let's. I think we are all called. Let's keep serving God. After a while, it will be clear. It will be clear. The people that God has set in His body to bring leadership. And I belong. To the family of Yahweh, I am standing on the covenant of Yahweh. I am standing on the altar of Jerusalem. Igabo Boria Sikopendo. 
Ilamama huskatalia seminokobreka bakude natia iskobe nokodia haselia kampalama. Oh yes, Lord. True. One more time. I belong. <laughs> The covenant of Yahweh. Kelomo Sayed. Kelomo Robin Santala. Riska me condeleti. Ruma Maseli Mandalia. Oh, yes, Lord. One more time. I belong to the family of Yahweh. And I am standing on the covenant of Yahweh. I am standing. Listen, listen to me. I felt a touch from God, the center of my head. Yeah. So God is removing, is removing things. And that touch will come on several of us here, and it will it will break some things. It will Oh my God. It's removing things. It's removing things. It's removing things. 
Remove what you have not planted in the name of Jesus. He's removing some things. He's removing things. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask. Whatever you have not planted in the life of anyone here. Remove tonight. Remove it. Give us that tender heart, that textured heart that can yet believe you when you speak so that we can bear the fruit of our faith. We can bring to pass what is in your mind. For it is you that walketh in us, both to will and to do of your good pleasure. Have your way in every life here present. Have your way in spite of circumstances. Have your way in spite of attacks. We refuse to let go our faith in the face of opposition, in the face of attacks, in the face of confrontation, in the face of manipulation. We hold on to what you have said. We hold on to the counsel that you have whispered into our spirit. Oh, Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Go ahead and give the Lord.